0: Welcome back to This Sacred Life, a soulful, sensual, and sacred podcast for women. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with Carrie Hummingbird about her new book, Love is Fierce Healing the Mother Wound. Carrie is a soul guide and a channel of and embodiment of White Eagle, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light activation of human DNA. And today we're celebrating the release of her new book, Love is Fierce. Healing the Mother Wound. In this book, Carrie serves as a conduit of teachings and embodied frequencies from White Buffalo Calf Woman. She has served as a social activist, leader, and philanthropist for over three decades. Welcome to Sacred Life, Carrie.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Shan. I'm delighted
0: to be here. I'm delighted to have you. I was culling your bio a bit because you have done so many things and the experiences you've had, I'm like, well, that would take up about half of the podcast. <laughs> so we'll make sure that we share with everybody how to reach you and learn even more about your body of work. Before uh, we came together today, I got quiet and lit a candle and and I drew a, a goddess card from the Sacred Rebels Oracle and Inner Trust showed up for today Mm -hmm. with a special message to trust yourself and let the real inner you come out from behind the veil. Why do you think that oracle wanted to get our attention today?
1: Oh, I definitely know why, because I was thinking that right before, as you were introducing me, what was coming up for me was how years ago when I was a new mother, I completely did not trust myself. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I was wondering where the manual was for how to raise a child. And after 21 years now, later, I can see how important it is for women to learn how to trust themselves, whether we're moms or not. But to learn how to trust ourselves is the biggest key. We have such potent. Wisdom inside of us, and we just don't realize it some of the time. And we defer to other people. We defer to the masculine because that's a conditioned pattern. We often defer to other people who seem more certain or more confident, like they know actually the answers your answers, our answers they're only inside of us, they're not out there. Deferring to anybody on the outside about something true for yourself is not going to be the pathway to finding it and yet it's so hard to trust ourselves and a lot of that has to do with the conditioning of the last thousands of years which has led to this mother wound disconnect between ourselves and our our knowing on the inside
0: man and i tell you this book wow i just cannot wait for our listeners to read it it mm-hmm. is packed Full of so much wisdom and knowing, and what a body of work it's dumbfounding, as I was mentioning to you before we even started recording, I'm like uh, we might have to have more than one
1: conversation <laughs> <about> <laughs> kind this, of far reaching <laughs> isn't it this topic about this topic
0: yeah, well, it's just it really is, and as you as you were talking about the trust piece, the other day, I was spending time with a friend who is a uh, a good friend, as well as a teacher, mentor, healer, she has made such a big contribution to my life. And she noticed something that was going on with me that I didn't notice, which is often what happens when you're with somebody who can see the parts of you that are hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we were just talking, but I said, my goodness, I'm so grateful that you can reflect that back to me. Because... I didn't see it. And yet, or maybe I did see it, but I didn't trust it. And I trust you. And in your reflection, it helped me trust myself.
1: Yes. And isn't that funny how it's so indicative of the pattern? Yeah. We'll trust somebody on the outside, but not trust ourselves. Like it's It's such a deep conditioning. And it's really based in the structures, the patriarchal structures that we've been subject to for the last thousands of years, which are all about external authority, power over, control, domination, subjugation, and really profound consequences, including death, for not going along with those power structures. Right. And here we are at the cusp of the age of Aquarius. We just turned the corner. It's been phasing in for quite a while. The seeds were planted in the 1960s with what I like to call the first wave, volunteers, souls that came to uplift the consciousness and be very bold and brave and adventurous and go way out there on the edge of human consciousness and bring those messages and plant those seeds so that the second wave generation, what I consider to be my, I'm 51, people around my age or even As old as my son, who's 21, it kind of spans that gap Mm -hmm. to pick up the trail of all that foundation that was built so that we could find even greater heights and move into the turning. And the turning is written in the stars, of course. And so Mm -hmm. we're doing it regardless, but to be in sync and in harmony with that transition and to see the transition happening, to be in awareness of it and to be in the knowing of it and to be embodied in our divinity and embracing our humanness all at the same time is the transformation into the age of aquarius into an embracing of the feminine which i've had these beautiful awarenesses and turns of phrase come to me recently that are just so powerful but it's like the the feminine is spirit incarnate it's like the Spirit, our spiritual side incarnated into this tangible lesson making machine, you know, like where we get to experience life and taste and sample it. Sure. Mm. So let's talk a little bit
0: about your process and, and intention for this book, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, the impetus to write the book, as many projects in our lives, begins with the personal my desire to be in a healed relationship with my own mother. My father died a few years ago. And when he died, he left this just gaping hole in our family because he was the glue. He was the the unconditional love. He was the presence that held us all together. He was the, the medicine that kept us coming to the table together. And when he left, I knew he was leaving to help me and support me in my mission. I, that's just insight that I was given. And at the same time, I'm like, well, what do I do with this third dimensional relationship? Because this thing's a mess. Like my (laughs) family just turned into a mess overnight. And it really showed me so much about myself and about the tension between my mother and I that had been there my whole life about misunderstandings of each other, about just the feminine dynamic that creates all of this tension and this misunderstanding and this almost sense of competition or threat. It's like between a mother and a daughter, just so in the way of love, in the, you know, seemingly in the way of. And as I began to dedicate myself, because on my dad's deathbed, I said, well, I, I promise to love my mother unconditionally. And as soon as the words escaped my lips, I thought, oh boy, you're really in for it now. You know, like <laughs> you just made a death promise, okay? Like, shoot. Yeah. There's right. No backing off of that, and believe me, I tried to back off several times. I was like, "Well, Dad, I guess I failed. I'm so sorry." <laughs> <You
0: know?
1: laughs> it's just ain't happening. The dynamics that happened showed me very clearly the patterns that run through the collective yeah. that are under the surface all the time. As I uh, became aware of this, so my my journey to heal it was really personal. I wanted a relationship with my mom, yeah. <laughs> you know, that wasn't fraught with. Fear, intention. In your book,
0: you talk about how the wound is formed, being really mindful of the stories we weave, alignment with the divine mother, and and so much more. And you also have a chapter that's titled, The Wound Is Your Wisdom. Those were the areas that stood out for me that was hoping you would kind of flow through and address.
1: I thought it was a problem that my mom was the way she was, I thought it shouldn't be so. Mm. It should not be so that she treats me this way. It should not be so that she has been the way she is. That resistance, that frustration, that anger, that resentment, that judgment actually from myself towards my mom is exactly what needed healing. It took a while to get there because we get involved in our own victim consciousness. And I was heavily immersed in mine. I had the poor me down like Pat, you know, really good with poor me. <laughs> and it took my dad dying for me to really see how I had this poor me consciousness combined with a sense of complete entitlement for how I should be treated. It was like incompatible. It's like, well, are you an entitled princess or are you a poor me pauper? Which one are you? Are you grateful for what you have? Is gratitude anywhere in there? <laughs> you know? Yes. Is it anywhere in there? For me, no, it wasn't. With my dad, yes, absolutely. so grateful for my dad. But my mom, could I find an ounce of gratitude? Hardly any. This is really where I had to do my inner work, and the whole thing was projected out. Of course, she was complying quite well at the soul level to give me all, all of the examples of, well, see, she's doing this, and see, she's doing that, and look at this, this is horrible. What mother does that? And, and so I could really play my poor me story. Because yeah. she was acting out, she was fulfilling it. At the same time, I knew I was called to purpose. I knew I was called to purpose to be a strong woman, a role model of what a strong woman looks like. You know, all these years I've been in service and I've been out there trying to empower women and like being a message and a light and and shining my own light and mm-hmm. and claiming as much as I can. You know, as, as a beneficial impact in the world. And I was blocked. I was so blocked from what I thought should be happening. How come it's not happening? Yeah. Why can't I get there? How come nobody's listening? So wrapped up in the external approval.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I can so identify. We're not talking about fathers right now, but I can almost just flip your story and just paste it right onto my father experience, my father relationship before he passed. So in listening to you, I'm like, yep, yes, yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
0: And now in his on the other side, I have a much better relationship with him now than I ever have. I won't take us down that path for this conversation, but the healing and the working with the story and healing that wound the, to the best of my ability through all of those things, through the victim piece, through the should have, would have, all of the stories to be here now in this space about all of it is such a gift. I feel so grateful.
1: I think that I'm like many people, did not realize that the stories that were in my brain and the stories that were coming out of my mouth were actually creating my reality. Right. I did not know that. Right. Right. (laughs) And even though it was clear it was happening, 20 years on a couch every week with my poor me firmly in hand, just badmouthing anybody in my life that made me feel bad, right? As an excuse mm. for why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I did approach some of my own judgment in those cl- it's not like I was completely, you know, unaware, but I was I did not know that I was creating more and more and more and more of the same by mm-hmm. sitting on that couch and talking about it week after week. And near the end, I think like the last 8 years of that cycle, I had this therapist that all she did was sit there and take notes. She sat there and just took notes on everything I was saying and the tiny little writing across mm-hmm. the page. <laughs> As I'm boring my heart out. And you're just taking notes and I still didn't get it. Yeah. And and my life was just tanking. Really tanking. And I was acting out and I was blaming everybody but me. I was like, "Well, I'm the victim here, you know. I'm be- and then anybody who would support my victim story was my rescuer." Sure. And anybody that would try to hold me accountable was my perpetrator. And so I got in myself in a vicious cycle till I, I got down to the bottom of the barrel and I was like, well, I just don't want to be here. I don't like this thing called life. This thing is terrible. I don't want this. Mm. But I had two small children. And so something in my heart wouldn't let me leave with well, fake goodness for my children and poor them for me to like <laughs> take care of me until I was, could grow up. This is really the state, as I look back on it now, I see I was so immersed and so struggling with the jail of the patriarchy built for women. Oh, yeah. And even though in a conscious sense, we could look around and we could objectively say, well, you can get a job, you can work, you can buy your own house, you can do all these things. The jail was in my mind. Mm -hmm. The patterns were in my mind. I had to break free. And the relationship I picked was another one of those perfect relationships, you know, like letting, basically letting me be the victim. And then, you know, he was also the victims. So we were both victims. I don't know if anybody ever experienced that in a relationship where you're both victims and the other person is always the perpetrator. <laughs> you know? It's like, wow, <laughs> how could we both be victims? Woo. But mm-hmm. a lot of society is that way right now. And so yes. somebody has to claim sovereignty. Right. And claiming sovereignty is a fierce journey. It is painful. You have to own things. And as I've cleared and learned how to clear that judgment layer, this shouldn't be so, or you shouldn't treat me this way, Mm -hmm. the resistance to what is, as I cleared those things, and basically what started happening was I started learning about curiosity. Like, okay, well, it is here. So why is it here? I'm curious now. Okay, and in my curiosity, can I explore that? And can I look deeper? And can I say, oh, that's here to teach me. So like my dad dying, for example, what a terrible tragedy. I love my father. Of course, I would never want my father to die. And yet in his leaving, what amazing growth opportunity in my family for all of us to see our own shadows and how oh, yeah. we were working together. And my dad was holding the whole thing together, this big, messy soup of us not taking responsibility for ourselves. My goodness. Mm. And without him and without somebody big enough to hold that space he was holding, we all had to do our own part. Is no more blaming it on somebody else. Yeah. You have to own your piece.
0: Big, big work.
1: And that's what the work we're in the planet. So I said it started with the personal. And you can see how the personal is a reflection of the collective. And in the collective sense... This is why we have wars. This is why we have inequities the way we have. This is why we have people butting heads and bursting into the White House. And because of this exertion of chest pounding mine, this is Mm. mine and I'm a victim and I'm going to claim my power by doing this.
0: Right, right.
1: Instead of like, I'm a grown adult and I'm gonna sit down with other people whose opinions and perspectives don't match mine and actually piss me off and I'm gonna have a conversation with them without punching them.
0: Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you know I, I love that you bring that forward too because I had a conversation yesterday with a dear friend who I don't spend a lot of time with but we raised our daughters together in the first years of their lives. And we are very, very different women. At the time we were very similar women. And I have done a lot of lot of work since then. My daughter is almost the same age as I think your son is 21. Yes. We just took different paths in in many, many ways, but I knew that I needed to be keep a, a safe a safe, I use that word intentionally, distance from her because last spring we got together and I was very, very unnerved by things going on in this world. And I wanted to be able to talk about it. And the feedback that I got was, why are you being so emotional? It is what it is, or it's just politics, or it's just, you know, that kind of thing. Just kind of like, let's glaze right over that. And now I'm going to gaslight you. And I almost just got up and left. And she could sense that in me. And so she yeah. said, no, 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 just stay, just stay. You know, let's, we change this, the subject. And I found myself making myself smaller to finish mm-hmm. the engagement and move on. So long story made short, we talked yesterday for about an hour on the phone, first time since. And we laughed and we talked and we shared our points of view that were not similar. And we came away with this, both feeling so good, grateful that we'd found a way to do that. And while I don't want to run over to her house anytime soon and hang out, it is a accord and a, and a beauty and a love that can remain even in our differences.
1: I love that you shared that. It's really what a beautiful example of the possibility for each of us to learn how to be so centered and so okay, just so held, so supported on the inside, so okay that we can allow other people to have their points of view and their perspectives and not feel threatened by it.
0: Yeah, and not have to feel like we have to control it.
1: And this is really moving into the divine feminine because the journey is from conformity and control into expression and diversity. Oh yeah and this is moving into the the truth, the real truth that each of us is a, is an innate design and this came out in my in the book the Second wave. Um, White Eagle shared this metaphor. I asked, you want me to go out and tell people, that that they can talk to each other in love and every you know and we can all come to just love each other and accept each other and I said but that's not how it is in the world and they're going to look at me cross-eyed like <laughs> i've lost my mind how can i share that message i heard this look at your thumbs i said okay i see my thumbs aren't those unique thumbprints Why, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the clue. The divine always gives you a blatantly obvious clue right on your body. You have a unique thumbprint. So you're in this unique thumbprint suit. You've got unique eyes, unique perspective, unique ancestry, unique everything, life plan, unique gene keys. I'm so into the gene keys right now. Unique gene keys. Everything is unique inside of your body on purpose. you You designed it. And so yeah, you're not going to see the world the same way as anybody else. And be fortunate if you see a little tiny sliver the same. Just be grateful for that instead of trying to make everything conform.
0: And have you noticed that the more you let go, the more you release your grip? I'm like picturing right now, hanging onto a steering wheel, you know, just white knuckling it down a snowy, icy road. And then being able to, oh, you get to the pavement and all is clear and you're can lean back and maybe only one hand's on the wheel and you're like, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Slow ride. The thing is that not only are we so absolutely different, unique, but the pair-ups are intentional. So this is how we lead into that last topic you wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. The wound is your wisdom. I remember... My first journey into this idea, I went, it was early on. I had left my marriage for 20 years and I was on the spiritual path and I'd signed up for training at the Four Winds Life Body School with Alberto Vialdo. And he's sitting in the classroom and he says to all these adults, you know, like we're all like 40, 50, 60, you know, and he surveys the classroom and all, all of our little heads. And he says, everybody in this room has mommy, daddy issues. Felt so insulted at first. (laughs) Like, I'm an adult. What are you talking about? But he was so correct. We all have mommy, daddy issues. And he said, do you want to know the way out of that? And we're all like, yes, (laughs) because here we are, right? 40, 50, 60, sitting in this room, like (laughs) our lives are a mess. And he says, well, it's just an idea and you can try it on and you don't have to take it if you don't want to, but this has really helped me out is that as a soul, you specifically chose these parents to incarnate into their family so that you could learn from that dynamic. You specifically chose your ancestry, you chose your mother, you chose your father for the unique medicine that they offer. You chose all the chaos that they had in their lives in your early childhood. You chose it all, all the traumas, everything. You chose it because you wanted to learn from it and if you can accept that your life will improve and and i got to say he was right i mean oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so right oh and yeah. that's really the wound is your wisdom that's where it comes from in the process in the actual act of the acceptance is not easy it's simple and it makes sense but it's not easy to do it mm it's very hard to do it actually
0: <laughs> i remember in working through uh, Ceremony and a practice to release our mother wound. I remember tears and snot and <sighs> and growls and just contorted faces and oh yeah, really, really in, all. in the gutter, in the muck, in it, and and then being able to expel it, you know, and just. Hey. Purge it out. Be able to purge it out and be on the other side and have witnesses to it. Oh, anyway, I I mean, I'm right there right now.
1: Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful work. And there are really good tools for it out there. And we talk about forgiveness. And most people jump right to forgiveness. Why? Because it pushes the whole thing under the carpet and they can just act like good (laughs) human beings. right. Like, I, I, you know, I'm holier than thou. I forgave yeah, it. Love
0: and light, love and
1: light. Meanwhile, if you get in a room with your parent, you're like, Arr! you know, you're still like, is this really primal anger comes out. So you're not actually forgiving it. Because if you were, you'd be, you wouldn't have that anger coming out anymore. So we have to go into the shadows. We absolutely have to go oh, into yeah. the shadows. And really all of our stories we created as children before we know what we're doing, we're creating all these stories. And then those stories become a lens through which we see this person. We actually develop like this, this version of mother in our brains. Mm -mm. So we're not interacting with the person on the outside. We're interacting with this construction. The imposter. that's, That's the imposter that's always standing right in between you and your mother. There she is, but it's not the truth of her. And the same goes the other way. You know, as a mother, I can speak to, you know, how many times have I told stories about each of my sons? And then um, I start noticing that they're just like what I said. Right. So then it it gets reinforced. But then at some point they look at me, they're like, mom, that's not me at all. And it's so hard to see who they really are because of this construction.
0: Yeah, that is so powerful. I was just thinking about that with my daughter when we, we had a moment of, few years back where she was really really struggling and I was overmothering because I was just so caught up in fear and wanting her to be okay instead of helping her know she was okay
1: helping her claim her power over her, her, her own it. wounds I,
0: exactly and there was this moment and I'm still so so grateful for it where this could come forward and I could shift gears and be a mom who trusts her judgment, trusts what she's going to do, doesn't need to helicopter in and make everything okay and all of the things that I was doing because that wasn't done for me. No, know, like, uh, and then you're like, oh, and then you start tearing apart that part of the story. And it's just like, holy smokes, it just keeps going.
1: Well, (laughs) yeah. And like all the things that, especially if you're on a spiritual path and you're a mom and your spiritual dark night of the soul happens sometime when your children were growing up, then there can be the guilt. Oh, yeah oh, I was going through such a rough time. I wasn't present. I was totally inward focused or whatever addictions you had that expressed themselves. And and then you could feel guilty for that. And so then we go back to the same story. I bring myself back and my clients back to the story that Alberto said. And I said, listen, if it's true for you that you chose your parents and you chose all the stuff that they went through in order to experience it, then it's also true for your children. They also chose this. This was one of the hardest lessons when writing this book because there was so much going on in my life when I was writing this book. You know, my son's twenty my older son's twenty-one. So he was expressing his independence and manhood and acting out from that space. And and my mom was acting out from her space of hurt, you know, and all of the things that she felt were wrong and the way I acted and behaved over the last several years, and my dad missing and all of this. And I'm I'm the one, I'm like the monkey in the middle getting it from both sides going, why me? You know, my poor me is like right up at the surface. And all of this was such prime lessons. And I remember at one point um, working on an issue with my son and white Buffalo calf woman, I went into ceremony and she came to me and she said, Carrie, your lessons are not your son's lessons and your son's lessons are not your Your lessons. lessons. Trust the process. Yeah. Let me do the work. Let divine mother do the work, let go, and I don't have to fix it. Yes, I don't have to fix it. And you know, this is such another powerful message, right? We, we've been trained to fix it for everybody,
0: right? Make but it we smooth. can't pave the path, smooth it
1: out. We can't fix it, it's <laughs> not fixable by us anyway, right? And yeah. there's really nothing to fix. And I think that that's, that's where I've gotten to with my mom. I had this. You know, I've been doing this work, and and of course, I I knew I was publishing the book soon, and and I had this really long runway to publish the book. I was guided; the book was finished, and it was off to the reviewers' hands, and I had about, you know, basically five months before it actually goes live. You know, and I was like, "Why is there such a long lead time? This is ridiculous! I'm not going through a publisher. You know, I could just push the button." You know, and I was told, "No, no, no," and a specific specific date. Just hold the course, and well. And as I was doing this, I realized it was to give me time to adjust. It was like, okay, I'm gonna put this book out. I need to be okay with the state of my messy family, that it's not all fixed. Right. And then I'm putting this book out and I don't look like the cherry pie version of mom. Oh, and thank goodness. Perfect family. <laughs> that my family is a freaking mess right now. You know, I mean, my son is in his, he's 21, he's on his journey, and he, you know, we all know what that looks like. I've got one that's 18 coming up and he's pretty much the most sane one of all of us right at the moment, but that could change at any time, you know, and there's me and then I've got the stepkids and my mom and we're just, and I was thinking, well, she's still not talking to me, man. I'm just, why am I even, I'm not even a totem of this work, you know, like I can't even heal the relationship with my own mother. So why am I putting this book out? And I had all this self-doubt and everything. And I finally just surrendered and I said, fine. Divine Mother, if you want me to be a total mess as I put this work out in the world and you want to use me as an example, I surrender fine. to that. yeah, yeah, fine. Do it then. Just you know, <laughs> just bare my chest and rip my heart out. It's fine. you know like <laughs> and and literally, like two days before Christmas, my mom said, "Why don't we get together? Aww. and we I got my Christmas miracle. i had yeah. lunch with my mom and my son, who's staying with her right now. He has his own things he's working through. Sure. And I got to have lunch and I got to see how my mom is the perfect guide for my son right now, that actually her medicine is exactly what he needs. And and it was like, wow, my mom has beautiful medicine. Mm -hmm. Wow, my mom serves a function. She's got a purpose. And wow, look what she did in my life and Mm -hmm. how the way she is unlocked within me, all of this potential that if she hadn't have been that way, would have just lined dormant underneath me. Right, right, right. But because she was the way she is, it opened me up. And I'm actually going to be going to have lunch with her again today, miracle on miracles. She wants to learn about her gene keys. And she was interested before. Cool, Carrie. I love that. (laughs) And she's like, Can you teach me about these gene key things? I downloaded my chart and I'm interested to know more about it. I'm like, Yes, absolutely. Could she read about it herself? Sure. But she wants, she, this is our time, right? This is like exactly she's she's embracing me. She's saying whatever this woo-woo stuff is, I love you and I want you to teach me.
0: Yeah. That's so cool.
1: I'm willing to speak your language.
0: That's beautiful. So beautiful.
1: I know. And I appreciate it. I'm like, thank you, mom. Like, Thank you. I'm yeah. so excited just to be with you and I see you for who you are and not all these stories I had about you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on your book and the, the fact that it's just released and available for our listeners right now is so awesome! Where can they go to get a copy of Love Is Fierce?
1: It is at um, Amazon.com, and I've also got it at Ingram Spark. So that means um, bookstores could be having it as well. I'm trying to support the local bookstore chains by having it in both places. But yeah, Amazon.com for the Kindle or the print version is is an easy go to.
0: Well, congratulations what a honor to share some time with you today and do some storytelling i'm so glad that you're off to have lunch with your mama and really really grateful that you're in the world doing the work that you're doing
1: thank you so much shan and thank you for doing your piece of it each piece that we that we do for ourselves helps the collective and what's we're here for we're here to uplift human consciousness
0: That was Carrie Hummingbird, author of Love is Fierce Healing the Mother Wound. Learn more about Carrie's offerings at motherwoundbook.com and at carriehummingbird.com.